COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college. You know I'm right. Episode 21. Nick Durst joined again by Joe Calabrese and Joe. It's a big week here in New York, but overall it's a big week here in the United States of America. Fourth of July, your birthday, and of course the main event on the 4th of July would be the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And it's going to be a little different this year, Joe, because they're not going to be at Nathan's in Brooklyn. They're going to be at an undisclosed location somewhere in New York indoors. And then you have the news today that comes out that Governor Cuomo has informed, not necessarily the competitors, but just anybody coming into New York. If you're coming from Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, Indianapolis, Iowa, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, Nevada, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, or Utah, you must self-quarantine for 14 days. So Joey Chestnut, who is obviously the favorite here to certainly repeat and be the winner again, he's looking to perhaps set a, new, a better world record because he's not going to have to deal with any heat. He's going to be indoor. It'll be air-conditioned. So there's good uh, weather for him there with good conditions. He said, this is not good news for some of the biggest competitors that aren't already in New York. He's been in New York while wow, you know he was not going to miss this, and you know, the we'll get to some betting odds on that soon. But Joe, what are your thoughts on this prestigious competition, which may not, which may look very different this year, not only from a atmosphere perspective, but from competitors? First off, I want to say thank you for the uh, early early birthday shout out. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, you and the I... big the big dog Roman Reigns as well. I know. I, uh, my birthday kind of gets, uh, I wouldn't say it gets put on the back burner. Uh, it's just very, very hard to get people together. Obviously a lot of people are with their families that day. A lot of people are doing barbecues with their friends. A lot of people are out at the beach, maybe on vacation. Maybe they take a long weekend somewhere. So, uh, I appreciate that first. Uh, also you kind of rattled off those states pretty quickly. I was very, very impressed. Uh, about 25% of, of all U S states roughly, uh, so yeah, Andrew uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo put in that kind of mandated uh, self quarantine policy to a lot of people that are coming from those areas, right? Which, I mean, if you think about it logically, one would assume that maybe some competitors are going to fly elsewhere first to a state that's not under that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't if know. That's, that's, I, I mean, know. it's so pro- it's so it's got to go by license, and I want to correct myself. I said. Right. The big Doug Roman Reigns, that's he shares a birthday with me. You share a birthday with, you know, obviously George Steinbrenner, Calvin Coolidge, Malia Obama, Post Malone, and most importantly, Mike the Situation Sorrentino. Uh, so, so just, a just lot of to clar- just wanted to clarify that. But yeah, with uh with the competition, it's gonna be really interesting here. And is Joey Chestnut the favorite to win? Yes, minus seventeen fifty to pick to pick him and I don't see why you would bet anybody else, especially with there not being heat or anything. You then, of course, 
have the men's winner usually eats around at least 70. Uh, Joe, you're going over or under seven two and a half hot dogs this year? I'm going to go under. Ooh. I'm going to go under because I feel like – I feel like this number goes up every single year, and, and he's hit the 70 mark previously. Uh, I think he'll hit 70 again. I think 73 is going to be very, very hard to accomplish. The last time we saw a prominent 73 was when Barry Bonds took the home run title uh, back in 2001. So it's a, it's a difficult number. It's a high number. I don't think it's too high, but uh, I'm going to go under because you're going to be a winner until you're not. And uh, what I'm very, very curious to see is what you mentioned previously. Obviously, they're going to have this in, a, in an undisclosed location. The truth of the matter is, is part of what makes the hot dog eating contest such a, an American staple, kind of like how the, uh, like the Thanksgiving Day Parade is you know, around that, that time of the year, is the backdrop. It's the location. It's Coney Island. It's by the beach. It's by the famous Nathan's. Uh, the scenery is, is always tremendous. Uh, you always have a really, really, really great crowd out for the 4th of July and the, the hot dog eating contest, uh, no matter what year it is. You know, the weather could be perfect or the weather can kind of be a little off and, and you'll usually see a lot of people. And that's part of what makes that that so so special and and kind of having it in an undisclosed location where the competitors are probably distanced. You're probably not going to have fans in attendance, one would assume. It's probably just going to be a camera panned on them and... I don't know. It, it's going to be a little, little odd to watch, uh, uh, especially with the distancing stuff. Uh, they're going to have solo cameras on each competitor. It's going to, it's going to feel very, very off. There's going to be no. Well, it's like I'm going over. I think Chester's going to go over. Chester's going to push 80. He's going to be. I think he's going to be in the 76 to 78 range. And I think this is because he's going to have nobody around him. There's less. There's nobody like intimidating or anything. Indoor air conditioning. It's going to be easy conditions to eat ice comfortable in there. And I think I, I'm going over 72 and a half. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be close to accurate on that. And I, I believe, you know, you know, there is a reason why this show is called, you know, I'm right. And I'm going over. I think the chestnut either comes close to or surpasses his record. And we can look back on our, our episode next week and say, wow, you know what? Nick was right. And I also got to look back now on another previous episode that we're right about. And Joe, that is Cam Newton is now a New England Patriot. I think we got that one pretty uh, spot on, didn't we? I think so. I, we were talking Jared Stidham with uh, Anthony Gallo, who was on the show with us. We also talked some Patriots on our NFL draft special with our expert, Michael Rochman. And Cam Newton to the Patriots. You know, I don't know what the over-under was, but I'm sure... It's changed now, the line on the Patriots. I would not be surprised if they win 10, 11 games. I thought even with Stidham they were going to win nine games. And now it comes down to, I think, Cam Newton and the Patriots and Josh Allen and the Bills uh, as the favorites for the division. Jets, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the Jets. I think they're looking at a five-win season. And the Dolphins, I think they're going to, again, be in the same range they are last year, maybe slightly better, but they're moving in the right direction with Brian Flores. But it's going to be a two-team race in the AFC East, and it's going to be interesting to see which team emerges there because that'll really factor big time into the playoff seeding, uh, especially with the extra team this year 
and uh, the extra wild card. Yeah, I, I agree with your points. I I've in the past we've had discussions. I think Josh Allen, in terms of NFL type talent, his comparable as a player is kind of like uh, I would say like a middleman's uh, Cam Newton for now. I think they're both very very similar. Uh, very, very spot on comparison to each other. I think body frame, I think how they exhibit their talents on the field. They both have really big arms. They obviously Cam has had shoulder problems in recent years and, and his weapons have kind of been middling during his years in Carolina, but nobody has been able to deny the talent. He's also an excellent runner. He's a great improviser. He's very, very good near the goal line within five to ten yards away in the red zone he's very very good at finishing off drives and and finishing drives himself and we know through the years he's been excellent uh his rushing touchdown output and with the panthers was excellent uh very very similar to josh allen in that regard and i think what new england needed to do was bring in at least somebody else and we thought it was going to be Andy Dalton months ago. And obviously Andy Dalton and eventually moved out to the Cowboys. And Cam Newton's name was just kind of staying out there. It was floating out there. Nobody really wanted to take the chance on Cam due to his injury history. And this screams just like a typical Bill Belichick move. He's getting the guy that he wants who he feels he could win games with this season for 10 cents on the dollar. A lot of people were kind of scared off by Cam. He really wasn't. And I think you're going to see a rejuvenated Cam Newton. Now, it's only a one-year deal, and for all we know, Cam is, he's still, I think, a very special talent. I think his injuries have started taking a toll on him a little bit, but I still think he could be a very, very good player on the field. I think what's going to happen here is it's obviously going to be a one-year triming deal, and I think if the Patriots are impressed with what they see, I don't think that they would hesitate in giving him a contract extension next year, whether it be three years, whether it be four years. I don't know if they'll go super long-term, but I think Belichick recognizes that he can win games with Cam and that Cam's skill set is very, very different than he's had with Brady. So Brady, although he's been very, very good, over the past couple of three, four, five seasons, obviously his mobility in the pocket has kind of been in question. He's very good at being able to dodge guys in the pocket, not really so much being able to make plays away from the pocket. Now Belichick has a guy who he can design plays with, who he can scheme his offense around with his legs, with not just his arm. So that's going to be very, very interesting. And you're going to see guys, uh, especially like James White and Julian Edelman, benefit from Cam, because a lot of teams are going to be bringing six, seven guys in on the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to respect Cam's legs, and that's going to create a lot of opportunities for these these smaller, sure-handed, uh, shifty receiver guys who are very, very good in space. I think James White's going to have a huge season. I don't know if he's going to be as good as, let's say, Christian McCaffrey was. I mean, he's he had a special, special season last year. But I think James White is going to be awesome. I think this is the perfect move for him. And it's a very belichick move. You know, he's zagging right now and everybody's zigging. Everybody's starting to just accumulate. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of teams in that division have pure pocket passers, right? And uh, so to combat what the Jets did with Darnold, what the Dolphins did with Tua, uh, I obviously we, we discussed Bills and the Josh Allen. Uh, Cam, Cam Moore very might be the best quarterback in that division. And the Patriots got him at this time. When nobody else would take a chance on him, 
I think it's a great move. I think it's such a it's, it's such a smart Patriots move. And you're 100 percent right. The Jets are going to win five games. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows. Everybody knows it. Hopefully, Adam Gaze gets another year there. Right. Um, but I think uh, Cam Newton. I think they're going to do a lot of run pass option, which makes sense. But I'm worried he's going to get injured again. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. My question for you though is, how is Newton, who is you know very outspoken, you know, he loves, he's very into fashion with the post-game press conferences and whatnot. How is he going to fit into that New England Patriots, Bill Belichick culture that Bill and Tom Brady have built over the past 20 years? Well, we have seen that I would say 80 to 90% of the times the Patriots have made a move like this, they have been able to kind of mellow out the, the player that they were bringing in, uh, I think probably the best comparable to uh, character-wise, I would I would say would probably be somebody like a Randy Moss. Uh, everybody knows Cam Newton is pretty outspoken on the field, but we've seen reports this past couple of weeks come out, and a lot of Panthers players, especially the skill guys like Christian McCaffrey and and Greg Olson, who we know has has moved on to to a broadcasting career now a little bit. But he's always been highly regarded in NFL circles as one of the most uh, consummate leaders and consummate professionals that exists around the league. Uh, he came to he went out to, to, to bat for for Cam, and he's basically uh, kind of just spoken out for Cam and and really solidified his character. And, and no, nobody has ever had a bad thing to say about Cam, none of his teammates anyway. So while I do think Cam is kind of like odd a little bit on social media and, and who isn't these days, a lot of athletes typically gen, uh, generally are because they, they it's, it's about brand building now, so to speak. So, uh, but I think he'll be able to fit in with New England. I think they, they're, for the most part, those guys in New England, uh, Belichick and Kraft, they're able to reel in these guys, make them buy into the Patriot way. There's a reason why this team has been on top for 20 years. Obviously, they've, They've made a couple of misses along the way. I mean, nobody's perfect. But generally speaking, they have a good track record with this. And I think Cam's work in the locker room, and I especially think his work off the field, doing lots of charity work and, and a lot of stuff in regards to, to children's charities and stuff, I think it's a good fit for New England. I think he'll be fine. And he's obviously has tremendous shoes to fill. Uh, not only does Tom Brady have a huge foot size, because I went to the Patriots Museum two years ago, and his shoe was just clear, which was tremendous. But obviously, a living legend, probably the best quarterback to ever do it. And he's in Tampa Bay now, and now there's rumblings, according to Mike Lombardi, that the Buccaneers, probably you know, led by Tom Brady on this, really would like to perhaps kick the tires on Antonio Brown and him to an already dynamic receiving core, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a perfect fit. Um, so we know A.B. can fit outside or he can fit in the slot. Uh, obviously, he'd be competing with Chris Godwin in that sense because Mike Evans is more of just like a typical uh, outside receiver. He's a big guy. He's a big target. Likes going over the top. Likes using the sideline. Uh, so we saw last year, and, and to, to, to go back to that Patriots point that you made before, we saw last year that the Patriots – kick the tires on Antonio Brown, kind of similar to, to what you were saying before about how they tend to pick up these personalities. But in New England, the guy who vouched for Antonio Brown had tried to, to bring him in and, and really get him 
acclimated to that situation more than anybody else was Tom Brady. And we saw Tom Brady offer uh, his his home and his resources to AB. And, and you know that Tom has to be salivating at the idea of bringing on Antonio Brown. And, and those, those, they have two great receivers down there. That's honestly probably one of the top two or three duos in the NFL, if not the best. But adding Antonio Brown, a very, very shorthanded guy who could really work five to to seven yards away from the line of scrimmage. And he's he's kind of the perfect receiver that Brady has always liked. That very, very shifty guy, shorthanded guy, guy who could work the middle of the field, guy who could run those those out routes and get a little separation on the outside close by. So, I, I mean, I think it's a great fit. Uh, we've seen Antonio Brown have his personal problems over the past, like course of the past year. Uh, he's probably... For other people, I think he's probably exhausted all of his of, of his chances. But as we know, NFL teams and NFL circles, they're willing to give these guys as many chances as it takes to, to keep them on the field. I'm just so surprised. Like, I'm just surprised the Jets haven't signed him, to be honest. But also keep an eye on if he gets reinstated again, Josh Gordon. I think we could see him reuniting with with Brady as well. But if you have a guy like Gordon and Brown with Evans, and of course Gronk's there and Goodwin. And it, it, I think you could definitely see some uh, egos clashing about, Tom, give me the ball. So that's something they'll just have to, to keep an eye on. And hopefully everything c- can work out. Hopefully there's a season, Joe, and we can see some football. Uh, they canceled the Hall of Fame game, and they're likely going to cancel at least two weeks of the preseason. And it's going to be interesting to see how these teams decide on their roster. Because usually a lot of the back-end special team guys are – pick through the preseason, but it's just going to be a massive cut down. And, you know, they'll see if Cam Newton wins the starting job here, not really in the playbook. My my guess, Joe, would be that they actually have a quarterback competition, but Cam is going to win. And we'll just take it from there and and see what happens with football. Uh, The other news this week was that, unfortunately, Joe, looks like the, the Knicks are going down another bad path here. They're... Uh, they're really strongly considering hiring, hiring Jason Kidd because they think if Jason Kidd is the coach and we saw his troubles off the court and on with the Nets and then the Bucks that the aforementioned Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo would like to come here as a free agent after next offseason because he wants to reunite with Jason Kidd. To me, that makes no sense because, number one, Jason Kidd was his coach, but he did not get the best out of him. As soon as Jason Kidd leaves, the Bucs become one of the best teams in the East. And number two, he then became an MVP with the Bucs. Now, number three, the Bucs, he'd be crazy to leave the Bucs because he's going to make so much more money there, get an extension. And you're looking at crazy times here with COVID-19, and the salary cap's probably going to go down, so you're not going to see the salary cap going up, everybody getting more money. And I think it would be an absolute disaster if the Knicks hired Jason Kidd to be their head coach. I mean, everything that the Knicks have done over the course of the last, what, 25 years has been somewhat of a disaster, so this doesn't really, really surprise me in the slightest. Uh, I think, obviously, the number one reason for, for anything Jason Kidd re- regard is because he was the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's got connections to Giannis. The Knicks are always trying to look two years ahead into free agency. Oh, we're, we're going to get the next big free agent. We're going to get the next big free agent. Obviously... That never works. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that Giannis, for, for everything that we hear about him, is probably one of the most soft-spoken, mild-mannered, uh, 
I'm pretty sure he's very, very happy with his situation in Milwaukee. Not entirely sure why a former MVP who almost made the NBA Finals last year on the team that he's currently on would leave a team that's a perennial 60-win contending team to come to the New York Knicks. I'm not entirely sure how that makes sense. Uh, so Giannis has all the power in Milwaukee. They signed, wait, his, wait. They signed his brother, who the Knicks let go for some reason. He's got another brother that's going to be coming to the league in the next two years. I'm sure he'll make sure they get him. So why would he want to leave Milwaukee to come to New York? Absolutely no reason for that. And to, to add on, since we're on the topic of the Knicks, it also came out this week. Yep. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. These days, we're all getting more screen time, which means we're also getting more blue light exposure than ever before. Too much blue light can make your eyes feel tired, dry, or blurry. It can also affect your sleep. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, Add blocks to any Zenny frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at Zenny.com. That the pitch that the Knicks made for LeBron James back in 2010. Now, most people assume that he was just ready to go to the Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They had that situation all ready to go. Apparently, the Knicks were more highly regarded on LeBron's destination list than previously noted. So in that meeting, the Knicks tried to win LeBron over by, ha- by having James Gandolfini and Edie Falco reprise their roles of uh, Tony and Carmelo Soprano. And that apparently didn't really, really sit well with LeBron because the Knicks, like the t- like a typical Knicks fashion, all the glitz and the glam of the Knicks, right? Trying to, 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 to appease LeBron in that way. The meeting was obviously a disaster because there was nothing of substance uh, that convinced LeBron that the Knicks were going to be able to keep and put together a winning basketball situation for him in the immediate uh, for the present, the immediate future. So that went such it was so much of a disaster for the Knicks that LeBron did not take a second meeting with the team. Now, can you imagine fumbling a situation like that? Like I, that's it's 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 insane to me. And now here we are, ten years later, and Knicks fans, uh, Knicks brass think that just by bringing in Jason Kidd, who is not really a a really convincing head coach in in, in any regard. Like yeah, he had he was not bad with Milwaukee, but he wasn't really really great either. You know, there's nothing that that I've seen from Jason Kidd as a head coach that shows me that he could be a long sustaining winning head coach in the NBA. So not only the Knicks targeting basically a guy who's above mediocre at this point, let's call him an average NBA coach, but now they think that, oh, it's like the, the LeBron situation all over again. It's like Giannis is coming, you know, two years from now, you know, we're going to we're gonna make amends for not getting LeBron and, and for I mean, not getting like – This just happened last, last year. They traded Porzingis for no one and they didn't get Kevin Durant. I'm over it. Right. Hire Tom Thibodeau and let's just build the team from the ground up. Hopefully they get the top pick in the draft and they get somebody who's actually good. Take an international guy. Get James Wiseman. Do something. I'm, I'm over this. If, right. you, if, if you could sign somebody, if you could sign somebody great, 
but you can't mortgage the whole season or three to get, think of, oh, maybe we'll get this guy. The, the numbers are not adding up as to why he'd want to come here. And it's just really a house of horrors. And speaking of house of horrors, WWE Extreme Rules, they add on this new uh, this new title with the horror show, whatever the heck they want to call it. I don't understand what's going on, on with that. It's just a, it's just a disaster right now with, uh, with wrestling. You got people testing positive. Um, thank goodness they did this Undertaker tribute show on SmackDown, so I don't have to watch about an hour of SmackDown. You just fast forward it because some of these episodes are hard to watch. Uh, but the other thing on wrestling, Joe, is that it's kind of affects wrestling, which is that Tyson Fury, who has another match, rematch, rubber match coming up with Deontay Wilder, has agreed to do a two-fight deal with Anthony Joshua. Uh, Anthony Joshua, of course, on zone. Tyson Fury is ESPN property, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about negotiating that pay-per-view deal and who's going to broadcast that. Hopefully our guy Adnan works on the call. But uh, that's interesting that they're going to finally unify the heavyweight titles, which is long overdue. Uh, But this really impacts WWE because the plans prior to uh, WrestleMania being canceled in Tampa Bay was that Fury was going to have a match. I'm guessing he was probably going to team up with Strowman and and win the tag titles or something and, you know, do wrestling. But we got to see Tyson Fury versus Brock Lesnar at some point, especially with Brock Lesnar probably going to re- regain the WWE Championship at SummerSlam against Drew McIntyre. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm, I'm very, very interested now because uh, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury was obviously a fight a lot of people wanted to see uh, way back when, as far as back as two or three years ago when Fury was really first making his comeback. And then we saw Joshua lose to Anthony Ruiz, which I think like he lost a ton of mystique for that. And obviously it's going to be a two-fight series. They're going to try to have uh, the fight at a big venue, uh, Wembley Stadium, right? So Wembley Stadium normally for concert seats like eighty to 90,000 people. For a boxing match, it would obviously go over 100,000 in capacity. But because of the current situation with COVID, we, we honestly have no idea when this is going to end. So we don't know if, if that's even possible. You know, by this time next year, if they plan on having the fight, who knows? Maybe it's still at 25 to 50 percent capacity for a stadium like that. I mean, obviously, you know, 25 to 50,000 people would still be a lot of people to have at a, a boxing fight. But uh, but yeah, so I think a lot of the mystique has been lost with Joshua. And I think Tyson Fury right now is as, as the, the, the best he's ever been. Uh, he's the most popular he's ever been. Obviously, he's been able to parlay that popularity into doing other stuff, especially in the, within the scope of WWE. And I was one of those people that was actually fairly impressed with Tyson Fury. He had the match against Braun Strowman back at uh, in Saudi Arabia. And I happen to think, for what it was, for what Fury did on short notice and the training and stuff, I happen to think it was a very solid match between two really big athletes and and I'm a fan of Braun Strowman, and obviously I, li- I like Tyson Fury. Who doesn't? So, uh, but yeah, Tyson Fury versus Brock Lesnar is obviously one of those 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 kinds of matches that you know Vince will jump all over. Uh, he still thinks Brock is a big time draw. Uh, he's still willing to pay money to get Brock to do the appearances. Obviously, this is something that will never happen at the Performance Center. That makes no sense to happen at the Performance Center. It would have to happen at a major pay per view. It would happen to hap- It would have to happen at a place where there are fans in attendance. So naturally, a spot like this would be at a WrestleMania. 
I don't know if it would be for the title. I think they're going to kind of still run with Drew McIntyre right now, but we'll see what happens if they do decide to give Lesnar the title again. But in terms of having a one-off, I'm, I have always been in the camp that I really like having crossover entertainers and celebrities and legitimate professional athletes do anything related to, 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 to professional wrestling. Uh, I think it's very cool. Uh, I think it works if the, the athlete or the entertainer or the celebrity is a huge fan of wrestling. Sometimes it doesn't work. You know, sometimes it is. It is a miss. I think generally speaking, for the most part, it's a hit. And I think Tyson Fury is one of those guys who's a combat sports athlete, right? So I think in terms of boxing and mixed martial arts and people who have generic wrestling background, guys who are like Kurt Angle or like Justin Gable now in WWE or who are female competitors like Ronda Rousey was and and Shayna Baszler, uh, I think combat sport athletes, generally speaking, have a a respect for each other uh, in that scope that a lot of people don't necessarily have. A lot of people just write off wrestling as, oh, it's fake. Oh, oh, why would you do that? Whereas I think people like Tyson Fury enjoy the challenge of going in and, and showing off the athleticism and trying to, to make something to entertain the fans. So I think the idea of Brock vs. Fury, to me, it sounds awesome. Uh, I don't know if it would be for the championship or not. It's one of those things that I think would possibly happen simply because I think having the the, the boxing heavyweight champion again of the world against the like the wwe champion of the world is something that would really really appeal to vince mcmahon uh there have been ideas thrown out in the past uh especially with brock doing every now and then he used to go back to ufc maybe him coming and becoming the ufc heavyweight champion and then him being a champion in two different you know can you imagine the ufc champion versus the boxing champion in wwe ring i mean that would just be major box office big bucks I don't, yeah, care no, what, I, I, I don't care what fans would say. That'd be crazy. And to speak about WrestleMania, WrestleMania is built upon using outside stars. Mr. T, Lawrence Taylor, you know, Drew Carey, Snooki. I mean, the list goes on and on. Floyd, Sh- Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. Shaq should have had a match. He chickened out. Shaq versus Big Show, I'd still like to say it. So the star appeal is real. And when it comes to, to selling these big-time events... I think that's you know that's what you want. Tyson Fury would definitely opt in on another wrestling match. He wants to do it, uh, but right now you have players opting out of restart in MLB, NBA, and in NHL. You got Artemi Panarin, who is poised to lead the Rangers to a Stanley Cup one of these years. He has an issue with coming back, basically because of the way the escrow and everything's set up with the with the CBA for this season, Joe. Right, so. From what we gathered over the past couple of days, reports came out that the deduction for the escrow for the NHL players might be as much as 20%. Now, uh, I follow multiple NHL writers, so there's a really good one. His name's Adrian Dater. Uh, so NHL players, obviously, in comparison to the other sports, really don't quite make as much. So if, you, if you're in a situation like our Tamri Panarin is now, if you were to just go online and look at his his salary, you see he makes $11 million. You're like, oh, he makes $11 million, right? But obviously he lives in New York. You have to deal with taxes and stuff, right? So NHL players, especially who play in major markets, could be seeing as much as over a 50% increase in their salaries coming up with the deduction of the escrow. Now, it's, it's frustrating for these players because when it comes to stuff like this going on in the world, uh, during pandemics and 
any other health related problems that come up for them, they take on the full brunt of the responsibility. And a lot of what the, the players are worried about is where the owners stand in helping them uh, cover what they need to do both when they're playing and after they play. So we've only seen Artemi Panarin really speak on this yet. Not a lot of NHL players have, have spoken out about this. Uh, a lot of other athletes and other sports have, have obviously given their, their input on where they, they stand in, in regard to the relationship with the owners and, and covering stuff like that. But we haven't really seen it as much in hockey. And considering this, this, this deduction in escrow is as significant as it is, if it was 5%, if it was 7%, I don't know if this would be as big of a deal. But 20, 20% is, is, is a very, very significant increase. And, and for these players, especially these young players who come in who aren't really making millions of dollars yet, and we see situations similar to this in baseball – uh, having a 50% deduction in salary is significant for them, their families, their living situations, and God forbid anything that should happen to them. Uh, and as we've also seen in the past couple of days, reports have come out, uh, as much as 26 NHL players have tested positive for COVID-19 over the course of the last couple of weeks in June. So it, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what kind of uh, – what kind of situations the uh, or, or uh, scenarios these players speak out about in the coming days now that the, the sports world is starting to try to resume a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so Panarin, he, he's been outspoken before, hasn't been afraid to speak his mind, and it's been very, very much a, a something of note because obviously he's a New York Ranger and and let's hope he, he helps the Rangers win a Stanley Cup this year. That'd be great. Or in the, the coming years, so long as he stays healthy. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. You know, a lot of these athletes, uh, these, these scenarios are definitely going to come up in the next couple of weeks. And a lot of players are, especially MLB players, are starting to opt out. They don't want any part of what's going on right now. They don't want to take on any more brunt of the loss. They do not want to assume the risks. And who and who can blame them? A lot of these guys have families that they have. So, to Joe, care. what happens if Bryce Harper and Mike Trout both have wives who are pregnant opt out of the season? What does that do for the sport, and what happens? It's we we discussed this on the previous podcast. We discussed the 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 possibility of major players testing right. positive. Now you have the now you have something where you have to for Major League Baseball has to worry about certain players opting out. And they have every right to because you have to take care of your health. You have to take care of yourself and your family first and foremost. So it's it's going to be interesting because like we, we discussed having maybe a, a popular player like a Clayton Kershaw testing positive at some point, you may have a situation where Bryce Harper opts out because of his pregnant wife. It's very possible. Yeah, well, interesting to see and we'll see what happens here as the uh, summer camp gets underway, as they're calling it. I forget the sponsor for the summer camp, but no spring training. The summer camp is going, and uh, the Mets plan to use MCU Park in Brooklyn as well as City Field. I'm wondering if the Yankees end up using Richmond County Ballpark in Staten Island as a second place, and we'll see about those rosters and whatnot. Uh, but the Mets making some news. The Of course, they get rid of the restriction of signing people or whatnot, and they go ahead and they sign Melky Cabrera, Hunter Strickland, Gordon Beckham, but not Matt Harvey. What's up with this, Joe? Is Matt Harvey ever going to get another shot in the MLB? I, unfortunately, I don't think so. I, uh, 
I think he's worth it. I think he's worth it as a a buy low option. I just I mean, think he's got to be better than you know what the Mets have beyond their starting five pitchers because Syndergaard's out, so they're already down. If you get one player who tests positive, he's out for two weeks or an injury, he's out for for a, a fourth of the season, and they're going to be in trouble. So I don't what know I, why it's not worth it, it. It's worth him or some team should have at least signed him because I think he's probably still better than a lot of what these teams are putting together in their sixty-player pools. And you don't have to worry about the forty-man roster at this in this in this instance. So I think Matt Harvey has two options remaining in order for him to really salvage his MLB career. The first option is the option that I think he should go with, which is turning himself into a bullpen specialist, a guy who could go one or two innings, similar to what Andrew Miller turned himself into. Uh, I still think Matt Harvey has enough talent to stick around in the majors, and I think he's worth flyers for multiple teams. And the other, the other way I think he could stay on is if he could just kind of mentally get to the point where he realizes, okay, maybe I'm never going to be as good as I once was, but there's no reason why I still can't contribute and be a back-end starter, a number five star for certain teams, and just be the guy who can go out and give you four or five good innings every fifth outing. And, I mean, he had some good starts in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily bad there. Uh, I definitely think that he will get one more chance somewhere, but unfortunately, I think the bridge with the Mets, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's been burned, but I just think it, that's, that's closed off. I don't think that's an option for him anymore. We shall see. I mean, there was rumors by Boomer Esiason that Harvey and his agent, Scott Boris, had contacted the Mets prior to all this about coming back, and there was some interest, but because of all this, they decided not to. I think the dark night will rise again, but it might have to be in Japan or South Korea to start off, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, but the, the Mets' reasoning, apparently, for signing Milky Cabrera is they think he could maybe DH. My question for you, Joe, is... Looking at the San Francisco Giants, they really got nothing to play for this upcoming year. They're pretty bad. They're just trying to re- rebuild, essentially. Bumgarner's gone. Why not bring in the 55-year-old Barry Bonds to DH, reset his Hall of Fame clock, and see what the guy could do for the team? That's as interesting an idea as I've ever heard. I haven't, I haven't heard anybody say that. Um, I mean... At the very least, bring him on and playing him a few games for novelty reasons. I don't think it would hurt. Uh, I mean, I mean he, would he probably have... can't run. I think he could probably no. still hit the ball, though. I mean, yeah, we've seen I Julio know. Franco play at 50. I think Satchel Page picked at 59. It would be, I mean, it would, it would be interesting, but I think the key thing there would be resetting the Hall of Fame Pretty, clock. Right, 100%. It's resetting the Hall of Fame clock. Uh I think that's like the worst case scenario for the baseball writers because obviously a lot of them have agendas on their own and and we've seen them not really give Bonds and Clemens the type of love that I think they really should get because I think they see them primarily as guys who benefited from their their errors and and taken the performance-enhancing drugs as opposed to the Hall of Fame players that they were beforehand. Uh, But yeah, I think think for, for the sole purpose of resetting the clock, and resetting the whole frame of Barry Bonds' Hall of Fame candidacy, I think it, you know I think it would work. And but I one of one of the big thing is one of the big things is that if you bring in fifty five year old Barry Bonds, you can't just put him on the roster. 
You know what I mean? Like he's got to at least work for the opportunity to get a chance to, to get a major league at bat. And I mean, I still think he could do it. I mean, we saw guys like, I mean, you mentioned Julio Franco before. That was a pretty good example. I mean, he's Bernie, no worse than Julio, Bernie, he's Bernie, no worse than Julio Franco was, right? Bernie, I mean, Bernie Mac did it. I mean, if if, rest, a, if A-Rod buys the Mets, I think he there's a chance he might say, I'm going to apply any four home runs for 700. He could definitely hit four home runs over the course of a season, get to 700. But, you know, A-Rod and Barry Bonds, they could be laying down a bunt in the last game of the season to read their teams to third place and forego a big hit, just like Bernie Mac. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Mr. Two, Rest in peace. 2,999. But it's interesting. I mean, it's just a scenario where he comes up and, you know, we'll have to see what happens. But we just hope, Joe, that there's going to be sports. That's all we can ask for. Yeah, I hope so, too. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. And A-Rod's kind of in the same boat. He, I think he finished four home runs shy of 700. You know, that could be that could be the next Mr. Uh, Mr. 3000 type of movie, right? A-Rod coming back. Uh, As a pl- play, player owner, yeah, you don't you don't think you don't think A Rod could spot DH for the Mets? Absolutely, of course he could. I mean, he was he was good uh, in this, his last full season with the Yankees before they like had enough of him and they kicked him out mid season. <laughs> yes, they did. So, <laughs> very funny stuff. All right, everybody, enjoy your Fourth of July. Enjoy the hot dog competition. We'll be monitoring the news on everything around the sports world. We'll see if our predictions come right again. For Joe, the soon-to-be birthday boy, I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com.